0: Babies don't come with a manual, but today there are thousands of books and experts to help guide you when you have a challenge. The problem is, where do you start? This is Helpline in Focus, where we concentrate on particular topics that we've seen in our regular Helpline episodes. Today, we're talking about managing anger with parenting coach, Karina Lane. Hi, Karina, how are you? Hey, Chev, I'm really well. How are you? Good. When it comes to anger... I don't feel like we really talk about it as being part of a normal parenting experience. Like we talk about things like loneliness, depression, feeling anxiety. We've talked about that a lot over mm. the years, um, which is great. But we don't really talk about anger, and um, it's it's just another emotion, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, I know what you mean, and we're very reluctant to kind of talk about our anger, almost as though it's a weakness or it's something to be ashamed of. And I guess that's associated with that feeling of being out of control when we go into kind of that angry place and we don't want anyone to know that we have that side of us. Um, But it's such a shame because you're absolutely right. Anger is just a feeling like everything else, like like your sadness, like your loneliness. Um, And it's only there to tell us a message that we need to pay attention to something. Um, So, you know, we should start talking about it. Actually, anger is a really nice, it can be used positively because it gives us that information that something's not okay in our environment. Um, And it makes sure that we pay attention to it. Um, but it's when we kind of lose control, we go to the angry space or we move into aggression. So we move into that behavior associated with anger. That's when we can get ourselves into a pickle. Um, and I guess that's what what a lot of parents are referring to when they get angry or they can't manage their anger. It's when they go into that behavior that they're not happy with.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start with some of these questions to see what uh, people are struggling sure. with. Sure. Bonnie says, no matter how much I try not to, I shout at my three kids pretty much every single day and I hate it. I just get so frustrated and overwhelmed and it's like I can't stop myself from raising my voice to get things done or to stop their squabbling. What can I do to avoid so much yelling?
1: You know what? The number one thing to know about anger is that it's a secondary feeling. Something always comes before anger. And in the case case of many of us mums this year, it's your stress. It's overwhelmed. It's the mental load of motherhood. So one of the best things we can do for ourselves is actually pay attention to what's going on But before the anger what's happening behind the scenes for us and if we can start paying attention to that and giving ourselves some care and nurturing some of that anger will be alleviated um so the last thing that I want this poor mum to do is to feel bad about it and then we're adding kind of guilt and remorse on top of the anger and on top of everything else so that would be my first um bit of advice and it's probably going to be similar for a lot of mums that we need to pay attention to that the other feelings that are going on beneath the surface it's kind of like a volcano, so. The, vo- the anger is all the lava spilling out of the exploding volcano, but deep inside the volcano are all the feelings and all the challenges that we're experiencing, which comes before the anger. So we need to get into our volcanoes and actually start addressing some of that stuff and looking after ourselves.
0: So, yeah, and I definitely yeah. think with the kids fighting, I find that such a challenge. Uh-huh. But if I was to, you know, be calm about it, I guess I I'd try to look at it from a point of at this time of year, both my kids are so tired that they're tired we're all over the year now and they're having little meltdowns yeah and I guess if I can instead of hearing that surface level squabbling over who's going to write the note to Santa on Christmas Eve yeah when I yeah. turn around and go, well, I'm just
1: going to tell Santa not to leave you any presents. <laughs> yeah, we get we get totally reactive because we've just, it's had enough parenting level. Like we've just had enough. Yes. Um, we're at threshold. Um, but yep. you're so right. You're, so you're talking about like a technique called reframing. So actually instead of seeing it as like my kids are squabbling and I'm about to lose my blow my child we actually can consciously get in and um choose um a different way of thinking so my kids like you said my kids are tired this year they're doing the best they can i'm going to support them with that so kind of more um it's 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 a thinking that's going to a thinking state that's going to get you more in control more yeah in control. and
0: it's and it's easier not to get angry when you're feeling sorry for them instead of going are you kidding me like I have tried so hard to get you the best presents and I mean they don't
1: even know oh I know I know I know we can really kind of blow things out of proportion because we're operating in that reactive parenting space where we are we're shouting we're yelling we're um threatening um and it's because yeah we're in that kind of reactive space which is parenting based on emotions so we need to kind of rein it back in we have a question
0: from Claire on Facebook. She says, frustration is what happens to me first. They don't listen or I'm running late for something. How do you deal with it before it gets to anger?
1: Absolutely. So, this, this sounds like my morning. <laughs> oh, look, it's my morning too. <laughs> but you know what we can do? Because we're we're older and wiser and we're um we have a lot of experience with this and we've been doing it for a long time we can we can st- start doing what we call anticipating so we can actually look at our triggers if we know that we get frustrated in the mornings what can we do to actually make that an easier scenario for us i'm the same i always i get in the shower at the same time every day and i'm always running late so duh why don't i actually get in the shower 15 minutes earlier and then everything will happen 15 minutes earlier as a result so sometimes we need to anticipate and look for, like, like kind of look into the future a little bit and know that if mornings are always a struggle there has to be something I can do in advance to prepare for it um so prepare before you get to that frustration level you know so, what I reckon
0: as well I reckon yeah. our kids um when you when you say that thing about predicting mm-hmm. I know that my children um They'll, if they're getting, they're not doing getting dressed. Like, for example, this morning, they weren't getting dressed because they were playing with their advent calendars and they were mm-hmm. sort of just- you know, mooching around and not listening and feeling like it was the weekend. And sometimes their behaviour, I can predict their behaviour. Like I've started, so I said to them, and this was very, um, this was something we did get right during the year. I said, you can only watch television. When you are dressed for school, you have your shoes mm-hmm. and socks on, you are ready to go out the door. And if you are mm-hmm. not ready to go out the door, you cannot watch TV. And of course that worked for a period and then started yep. to slide. <laughs> but knowing that, you know, if they're playing it's like okay you can play I accept you want to play but you can only play after you are dressed like yeah. instead of I can hear sometimes myself saying put your shoes and socks on put your shoes and socks on clean your teeth put your shoes and socks on and then I'm like this is a fifth time <laughs> so I've ah. I've been saying it but I've been saying the same thing the same way every single time whereas if I looked at what they were doing and went okay, well, you're playing now. We have said before that we don't play until we're dressed. So can you please go and get dressed? So I don't know if that helps, Claire, but I'm just referring to what happened to me this morning when yeah. I did actually say, mummy is reaching the limits of her patience. If you push me further, I'm going to get angry and you know you don't like it when I get angry. Uh, and then How did they, they respond? Me, they push me further.
1: Ah. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> so they
0: pushed me further and I didn't yell but I was angry and I said listen I have told you four or five times. And yeah. because I don't often get angry at them they were very um they were very affected by that and apologized and got themselves together but you don't I mean you don't want to get to that point every time to be
1: heard. No, it's exhausting. It's not it's not fun. Um it's not okay, but it's also very normal because kids they're not very good listeners. They're not here to listen to us and to listen to all the orders that we give them. And sometimes we don't do ourselves any favours. Like for me, I'm shouting down the stairs, get your shoes and socks on or come and brush your teeth. And they're just, they're not paying, they're They're not engaged with me. They're in another world. So they might give me a yes or they might ignore me. They're not ignoring me. They're just not engaged with me. So sometimes if we want our kids to listen, I know the not listening is a huge bugbear of mums. Sometimes we need to actually practice how we're communicating and make sure that they're engaged with us and that we can see that they're getting the message, not just, kind of eyes glazed over because that's mm. that and gets us nowhere dent, maggie dent says
0: particularly with boys that yeah. you kind of just need to tap them on the shoulder and be gentle uh, and yes. say hey buddy
1: yes
0: how about you put your shoes and socks on because that's the only way
1: you can actually get them to focus <laughs> I reckon exactly that exactly we're dealing with yes yeah, small humans particularly boys they haven't been on this planet for as long as us then they haven't got their kind of listening minds as mature as mm. us so we have to remember that.
0: Yeah, that's right. They're still behind us in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah on Facebook says, I see parents struggling with sibling rivalry in the shops. Who is going to push the trolley, etc. I know this will be me one day. What's the best way to manage this in public um, without getting angry oh. and
1: embarrassed? Uh, uh, look, You know, you can do all the preparation you can. You can even practice your conflict resolution skills at home between siblings. There's lots of things that you can do, Um, for example, kind of at home. So if you're doing this at home, it becomes a normal practice and a habit. So something you can do is, you know, make sure that each child gets to say what they want and then help them come up with a compromise. So you can try that when you go out to the shops. But I guess maybe having a stern conversation in the car before you get up to the supermarket, kind of lots of preparation, lots of repeating. So parenting is basically just repeating yourself over and over. (laughs) Uh, But the beauty of that is repetition builds connections. So builds connections in their brain um, as long as they're engaged with us. So if you're having these conversations at home about um, conflict resolution then you're practicing it in the car before you get to the supermarket you're practicing it in front of the trolley hey remember what we said about taking turns and sharing rah, rah, rah. Um, eventually they're going to get it and it shouldn't cause you too much stress if you're making it such a common theme um, in your parenting life so that it's- would be my advice there
0: yeah. And I would say as well, Sarah, I mean, please remember, I'm not the expert here. I'm just a parent who has two children. But I remember once a friend of mine said to me, I was complaining about how the kids were fighting all weekend. And he actually said to me, why don't you separate them? So why don't, if you can, uh-huh. I'm not saying you can always do this, but why don't, why didn't one of you take, one kid to the park and the other one take them for a walk or play with them or just separate them because uh-huh. sometimes that's what they need. And yep. I th- sometimes I think we, we put ourselves through difficult situations that we could make easier by uh-huh. some really practical things like shopping once uh, your partner's home and the kids are asleep. As much as you think that's the last thing I want to do, if you've taken two fighting children to the supermarket, then – that's probably the best solution and, yeah. and thinking oh they no have to up. learn how to be in public it's like well actually maybe they don't who yeah. likes going supermarket shopping especially yeah exactly
1: yeah unless you're going to buy them loads of biscuits and chocolates and stuff it's no <laughs> fun it's no fun for kids
0: yeah you're hey, so right it fun for me too
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's the path of least resistance right if it is it yes. worth my time to wait till dad gets home or to do it online um yeah is it does that kind of reward my sanity levels then let's do that
0: yeah you don't need to teach them all the time yeah no uh here we have a question from prisha she says i'm desperate to be a calm patient parent but at least once a week i seem to have a bad day where i yell at my two kids a lot or get so angry and overwhelmed i cry by myself in the shower i feel like a crazy person up one minute raging the next could this still be postnatal depression, even though my youngest is almost two and a half years old.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting one because postnatal depression can be ongoing. Um, but even if it was just regular depression, anger and stress and, and those sorts of emotions are really a, a big symptom that um, that is part of depression. So Uh, you know, go and see your GP. I think that would be a really great call just to check in, find out how you're going. Um, And certainly mention that there's the postnatal depression past. Is that kind of of hanging around or has it come back? Um, All of these things that poor mum is going through uh, so many signs that wellbeing needs to come back to the top. Um, Crying in the shower, you know, on the one hand, the shower cry is great. Um, But on the other hand, Um, there's obviously you need an outlet. There's something has to give here because crying in the shower, um, you know, definitely it's a, uh, you need to reach out to someone to get some help here. Absolutely. Some connection is needed um, for you to start taking care of yourself. And sometimes after many years of kind of, this is what we all do. We all know we do it. We put our needs last, we put the kids first, especially this year with COVID, you know, we've homeschooling, we're trying to do all the things, keep the kids on track with everything, um, and we most of us have put our needs right down at the bottom, And it, which basically means we're pouring from an empty cup constantly because parenting never stops, even when we're feeling tired. Um, so if if mum is pouring from an empty cup, she's likely to be burnt out, stressed, depressed, absolutely. So I would really suggest that you see a GP in and get this stuff um, reviewed and, and have a look at that for sure.
0: It's so interesting when you're talking about the well being part mm. coming last because we do talk about it a lot, but the difference in the way you feel about yourself and the boost you can get when it comes to your parenting if you've just found a thing that nourishes you the most, if it's yeah. hanging out with friends or if it's doing yoga or going for a swim or whatever it is, um, it's incredible how much that can release the tension. And you don't you've it's like when you're angry, you've just got no space left. Mm -hmm. And so when you've gone and done something for yourself, the pressure just comes down and you've got so much more range
1: in terms of how you respond to stuff. Yes, you can actually get in touch with your options and your different choices that you can make instead of being that reactive parent that we mentioned before absolutely and you know what it doesn't have to be you know yoga sessions or going to the gym every day or anything like that it can be five minutes with a cup of tea all to yourself um just little things because you know a lot of mums are going to say you know give me another hour in the day and i'll start putting my needs first but you know we don't need to make it that difficult for ourselves you can find we can all find five minutes um if we're creative Or if we don't mind putting the kids, this is what TV is for, putting the kids in front of the TV just so we can get some space, um, you know, have complete thoughts. I find that very soothing when I can just think and make lists and those (laughs) sorts of things. Um, So it's time to start doing little things like that every day. So it's actually really changing the way you think is probably the most important thing rather than bringing in in self, you know, indulging, indulgent activities and, um big big plans it's not about big plans it's about changing the way you think and carving out small amounts of time as often as possible and thinking you deserve
0: it thinking that this is just this is just part of your life if you need it's to eat life, breakfast yeah. lunch and dinner then you need to be able to say i am worth mm-hmm. 5 minutes alone exactly with a cup of tea and a tim tam
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, that's going to make you the calmer more likely to be calm and patient for your kids. And then your kids are going to benefit for that. Not only that, but they get to see you taking care of yourself, which is a beautiful lesson to teach your kids. So you you can actually tell them, you're going to say, mom, I'm taking care of myself because I don't want to be angry. I want to um, look after my emotions. So I'm going to go take some time on my own. When I come back, I'll feel refreshed. Um so that teaches them a lesson that they can kind of remember um through their childhood years and when they're adults hopefully um they're the sort of lessons we want to pass down in terms of mental health surely
0: yeah definitely we have a question from Alice. She says, I'm having a lot of trouble getting my fussy three-year-old to eat anything, but th- uh, but three or four things he likes, and it's getting me so angry sometimes that I become the parent I never wanted to be, yelling at him, forcing him to sit still till he's eaten something, and even caught myself shaming him a couple of times. I know this isn't working for either of us. What can I do?
1: Oh, that's sad, and I'm. but I'm glad that she's in that space where we're recognising this is not working. <laughs> this is not working for child. It's not working for me. Something has to change. So that's a good start. Um, and if I was thinking about this mum's um, anger volcano, I would be thinking that in the volcano we're maybe worried, we're concerned, we're anxious about whether the ch- um, child is getting enough nutrition. And that's something, of course, we worry about. We worry about how our kids eat from the moment they they arrive. So perhaps the best um, protocol to call First up is to maybe visit your local f- child and family health centre and get kind of his nutrition reviewed. I can definitely assure you that all three-year-olds are fussy and it's unbelievable what they survive on sometimes. Um, but if you're kind of just at butting heads constantly, his eating habits are not going to change and your kind of feeling about, feelings about yourself uh, are not going to change either. So we need definitely need to try something else. So I'm just thinking maybe a visit to, you know, a child and family health nurse might give you some reassurance, um, but also some ideas, because obviously what's happening now isn't working. So maybe we need to get a bit sneaky or a bit creative in how we can kind of increase his nutrition levels. Then you can start kind of working on um, managing some of your anger, too, with the techniques that we've um, talked about today is a
0: question here from Jodie. I've never been a very angry or aggressive person, but since I had my kids, I have felt such rage and fury sometimes that it scares the kids and even myself. What is going on here? Why can't I handle my emotions anymore? I feel like I behave worse than my toddler someday.
1: Oh, poor mum. Look, these emotions are so intense for us mums and they do sometimes surprise us because we've never experienced them before because we've never been in this situation before, right? Especially... 2020 um so you know um, a lot of this is going to be about stress after a really long tiring year um and so yeah i think mum needs to take care of herself maybe we need a visit to the gp as well well um even a helpline might be might be helpful just to kind of get some of this stuff off your chest. Um, we can definitely look at some basic anger management techniques as well. I guess the first thing is not to feel, don't worry about beating yourself up, feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, and adding all that stuff to it. Um, we, we're all going through this. We're all going into that reactive parenting space. None of us are happy about it, but there is a way forward. But don't start. If you start adding guilt to the mix, you'll never be able to move forward. Would you say so, Shet? Yeah, I was going to suggest if Jodie can find, um, I
0: haven't watched it all, but Anne Rusciano Rusciano, uh, did a comedy show called um, Rainbows and Rage. And it was so interesting because she was basically saying, you know, all these men thinking that we're cranky because of our hormones. She's like, we're cranky because of life. You know, Um, I... 100% 100% agree with you in terms of us being in a new situation and having to deal with a lot of things. But, you know, Jody, I would also say that the world hasn't changed enough to um, allow women in particular to... Um, express their emotions because you know what sometimes it is really annoying if you're the one that's carrying the emotional load or if you're doing all of the child caring at home you might love your children but that doesn't mean you're not going to get angry about the way the world is Mm -hmm. and um, it's very funny show so I feel like there's something in there about rage that there is definitely part of it that's about our mental health and well-being Uh Uh and then there's a huge part of it that's about the way the world is and the way so many women still carry a lot of the load when it comes to raising children. And there's a lot of sacrifice in that. There's a lot of um, things you have to get used to. So I suggest, Jody, if you want to chuckle, to have a listen to <laughs> or watch that if you can find it. Um, and I think it's a bigger question that we all have to look at. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you uh, and I'm also seeing that it's a bigger social issue. I think, Yeah, um,
1: I agree. And on that note, you know, a lot of um A lot of mums have kind of, you know, I'm generalising but a lot of mums have been at home doing the homeschooling thing, managing things at home, and hopefully dad has been able to hold on to work, but what we do when when partner goes to work and mum's is the at-home person um, is that we don't let we don't worry about burdening dad or burdening partner with actually helping out too much because they've had a tough week they've got to go to work and and you know that he has to get all his sleep and those sorts of things um, whereas parenting should be 50 50 the whole way because mum's work too right
0: we mm-hmm. work too we're
1: responsible for keeping people alive and keeping the house running or whatever it is um, so maybe Jodie could also have a chat with Um, hubby or partner and see if um, he could kind of offer some extra support and they're not mind readers right partners are not mind readers we have to put it out there more than likely I'd like to think he'd be happy to help you out
0: yeah and having done both my partner and I swapped um, in that role we both know that it's easier to go to to work than it is to stay home yeah regardless of how stressful work is (laughs) it is always easier absolutely Especially because you can have your coffee in peace and think a full sentence through without being interrupted. So nice. Yes. (laughs) We've got a question here from Robin. She says with four kids aged from one to eight years old, life is busy. My husband works, but on his weekends, hardly lifts a finger to help me with the kids. And Mm -hmm. I'm feeling total resentment and rage towards him for it. I've told him I need him to step up and help me on his days off. I get none of those after all, but Mm -hmm. he just doesn't seem interested in doing anything for the kids unless I burst into tears or get really angry. I gently suggested marriage counseling once and he got quite mad at me and refuses to go. I can't stand this anymore. Is there anything I can do to feel less resentful and save our marriage? That was just that, what
1: we were talking about, wasn't it? Right. That is such a pickle. Mm. I really feel for this poor mum. It would be awful walking around feeling resentful constantly because of husband. So look, assuming, you know, you want the marriage to work out and assuming that normally you have a good relationship, a communicative relationship. One of my first suggestions would be to actually sit down with him. Like you've tried telling him you need more help, but maybe a bit more of a heart to heart where you actually, he responds to your tears and responds to your emotions. So maybe you need to kind of talk levelly about what's really going on for you um, and what you need from him to help, to, to support you. Um, maybe, like I said before, they're not mind readers. So maybe he's getting the wrong message from you. Maybe he needs something more clear and concise, including the what, what specifically you need from him. Um, maybe... Maybe there's something going on with him that we're not aware of. You know, maybe has he got, has he spent much time with the kids? Has he got kind of low confidence about managing four kids? That's pretty hard um, if you haven't got a lot of practice. So maybe we need to hear more about that and um, think about some ways that we can kind of get him to dip his toes in and actually start hanging out with the kids more.
0: Yeah. And that would benefit everyone, wouldn't it? Obviously the children want their dad to be around as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, if you know, if there's four kids, give him the two easiest ones, whatever that looks like for him, um, and take the other two out just for an hour, you know, and just kind of baby steps, I suppose. But it would depend on, you know, what he has to say and what the reasons are. But it sounds like some exploration is needed for both of you. Um, and in terms of marriage counseling, if he's not into it yet, um, who knows? But maybe it's time to get some support yourself, maybe a helpline or um, some counselling just to kind of keep you on track and keep you feeling resilient um, and guided with what to do because it's a bit of a tricky situation. Who knows where it could go?
0: Yeah. We probably have time for one last question, Karina. Mm -hmm. This one's from Adeline. She says, I have three kids and mostly they get on pretty well together. My problem is that my eldest, who is six, really pushes my buttons. Almost every day I end up shouting at him about something. And every day I feel so ashamed about my behavior. He's so stubborn and we clash a lot. I really don't know how to change how we are dealing with each other. But I'm worried that if I don't do something now, our relationship will just get worse as he gets older. Do you have any advice?
1: Mm, Yeah, you know what? I kind of feel like we all, all us mums, if you've got more than one kid, we kind of get um, our our challenge i suppose you know like the child that is destined maybe it's because they're exactly like us or the opposite of us but that child that we're destined to have lots of budding heads and um, extra challenges with so you know we could reframe this and see it as like what can i learn from my experience with this child um and also we need to remember that he's only six so sometimes we can get a little bit triggered from our own kids like we can kind of put a head from someone in the past on the shoulders of our child and then we get really triggered about how this child is speaking to us forgetting that they've only been on the planet a few years they know it's nothing personal they're just struggling with something at the moment so I think maybe a little bit of reframing here Um, you know as hard as it is we must remember that we're bigger stronger wiser and kind than our children we've been on the planet for decades some of us a few decades so we've got plenty of experience Um, so yeah, mom, you need. we can step up, we can do this. Um, I would say, yeah, try reframing a little bit. Try maybe asking him some questions. It, whatever you're doing, if it's butting heads and you can't move forward, we need to try something different. So if you're kind of talking to him, he's answering back, maybe try asking him questions instead or putting some humour into it. Sometimes being playful can help um, help with that kind of communication. Um, Yeah, he needs needs his mum. So however stubborn and obstinate and annoying he's being, ultimately he's a child that needs lots of support from his mum. So yeah, we do need to kind of figure out the best way that we can give that to our kids, even when we're feeling challenged.
0: I think it's such a good point. I know it's an obvious point, but it's such a good point to remind ourselves how much more life experience we've had from kids because after all that's why we expect them to listen to us so if we want them to listen to us and how we're um, trying to ask them to do certain things then we also have to say well we're the older ones we are the ones that have greater brain development and understanding and all that kind of thing and I think Karina I was thinking there I was just looking at Karina thinking you haven't moved. So I think we may have, uh, oh, my goodness, at the very end, I think we've lost lovely Karina. I can see her on my screen.
1: Here I am. Sorry.
0: Oh, there. We, Sorry, oh. I switched the
1: phones. Sorry. I think That's they're working okay. on internet in our area. I'm back. I'm here. You're back. You're back in time to say goodbye.
0: <laughs> I thought so. Lucky that happened at the end. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm glad you came back. Thank you so much for all of that. No problem at all. Advice. Pleasure. Thank you everyone for joining us and Karina Lane, thank you for your time today. If you have a question for our experts, you can email us at helpline helplineattheparentbrand.com.au, join our weekly live helpline or leave a question in our Facebook helpline group. And if Karina is the person you want to chat to, you can book a one-on-one private session with her through the Parent School Portal on Babyology. All the links will be in the notes of this podcast. That's the last episode for this season of Helpline in Focus. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you later. Feed, Play, Love is a Babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch